What is up, everyone? Welcome to L2R2, a PlayStation podcast. My name is Fonzie, joined by my co-host, Callum Monroe from Across the Pond. Callum, how the heck are you? Yeah, I'm uh, very good, actually. I, I don't know whether you caught it before or if I was having internet problems, but there was a big football match on today and it went my way, so it could have gone I saw your post, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, in, in much better spirits than I, I could have been. <laughs> so it's the... Uh, I can't tell what the name of the team is. Looks like the Celtic Football Club. They won the Celtic, Premier Sports yeah. Cup. Celtic, gotcha. Gla- Gla- Glasgow Celtic, yeah, Scottish uh, football team. Um, yeah, very uh, very nerve-wracking game of football, but uh, it kind of makes it even sweeter when, when you get the win at the end. So, yeah, it was a good good afternoon. Ate lots of... Uh, always use it as an excuse to eat lots of uh, bad food and normally right. like order something in it's uh, just you know a nice nice way to uh, to have an excuse for for that <laughs> right yeah that's awesome now it's the premier sports cup so is there like a bunch of these different you know cups and does this lead on to like a bigger one or how does that work yeah so i i think in like most european countries i can't speak for outside of European football but you have like three trophies domestically so like within your nation uh, you have like a, a league cup a like a, a normal cup and then the the league which is the main like big table which goes on throughout the year and this is like the kind of lesser of the three um, and it, you know it's quite early in the season um, in December so the finals always quite early on in the year um, but yeah it's the first sort of trophy of the year and um, I, yeah, I'm very I wish I wasn't, but yeah, I get very into into my football, so uh, it does uh, it does have an effect on <laughs> on my mood if if things right. don't go well. So it's always nice to to have a have a positive outcome. Nice. Did you go to the pub and you know watch this? You watch this at home? How does that work? I didn't. know. I watched it at home. I'm trying to be, <clears throat> as I said um, before, uh, you know, going away to see my family for Christmas soon. So I'm right. trying to not see mingle with as many people as i possibly can um just because i don't want to risk getting this new omnicron or whatever it's called variant uh and then not being able to go and have christmas with my family so just trying to minimize the the possibility of that but you know i I quite like watching at home and because i'm in england it can sometimes be difficult to find somewhere showing the scottish football um but uh yeah happy happy to watch at home especially if like there's opposition fans there and they start cheering uh, when when, uh, when things go wrong it can you know make make, make things even worse <laughs> have you seen any actual like fights break out in a pub from like different teams that are there watching it uh, i don't think i have actually i mean it's always i think because especially in england it's it's very common to have um you know people watching games in pubs and having like both sets of fans it's always like a bit of uh banter i mean it can obviously get very uh serious and out of hand but yeah no i don't think i have ever ever seen it it's always been pretty uh pretty nice but i think being someone who lives in england but sports wise is always a supporter of scotland who is like the old rival of uh of england it's it's always quite fun me sort of and my dad as well if we ever go and watch like scotland england uh in football or rugby or you know any other sport we'll we'll tend to be the only people cheering uh if yep. Scotland uh, ever get a uh, unlikely upper hand, um, but yeah, no, we we've always uh, come out unscathed. I think I think there's like a general etiquette at pubs. It's different at the at the ground, like actually when you're watching it live. But yeah, at pubs it tends to be pretty pretty uh, good fun. 
Gotcha. I was hoping some cool stories where you break a bottle over someone's head and have to run <laughs> away. But... Not, hey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's good. That's good. Um, well, Callum, yeah. enough football talk. I just watched the new Spider-Man, Callum. Ooh, okay. I can't really. Well, it's all like spoilery stuff, so I wouldn't say anything about it, but I loved it. It was dope. Do you have any interest in that new Spider-Man? Yeah, I do. I, I think I have a... I don't have much interest in Marvel. Um, I Even when it was like kind of newish, I mean, I enjoyed some of them, but it was always like a bit, just not really my my kind of thing. Um, but Spider-Man's something I've always loved. Um, and I, I like the 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 two new Spider-Man films. I think they're, they're you know, they're, they're pretty good. And um, I've, I've seen what happens in the new one um, because I, I think I was just more interested as to, you know, what, what actually happens rather than, Fight, like finding out for myself watching it you know i'm not too uh, bothered about spoilers or anything um so i do know what happens but um yeah I'll, I'll definitely watch it i just don't know when i'll get around to it um but yeah did you did you enjoy it i've heard lots of really really good things yeah it, it was dope and i'm the opposite where i muted any mention of spider-man in my twitter feed and just like stayed off that side of the internet because i just wanted to watch it you know unfold and there's plenty of rumors beforehand like what was going to happen what they're trying to do with you know people in the mix and um you know i think they succeeded in in what they tried to pull off and it was crazy nuts and it was cool seeing in a theater with uh just like people's reactions and stuff and um got to take my two nephews and they were super huge into spider-man and so it was just a, a dope time and um yeah no it was it was super duper awesome and uh, i'm glad i was able to avoid the stuff to like see it in the theater and like react to it even though i kind of knew it was happening but it was cool to see it yeah i think that was i mean it had it was kind of like a best kept secret wasn't it? i mean it was good that they managed to kind of keep things pretty um pretty quiet um in terms right. of like leaks and things but um but yeah i'm definitely looking forward to watching it but it must be nice going to see it with your with your nephews especially it's always nice like watching stuff with you know younger younger people who you know are much more excitable and i think it kind of gives you that well for me especially like whenever i watch things with my little brother especially things that i watched or played when i was his age it's it's kind of nice to you kind of get to feel like a kid again right right and i grew up with those original spider-man movies and so it's a cool way to like just experience that whole history especially like in this movie the stuff that happened so um yeah no it was really really cool and then next week is the new matrix movie and i cannot wait for that i'm just a huge matrix fan but i'm debating like maybe i just watch that at home just because it's like possible and it's easier but uh, i'm not sure i'm staying up at night worrying about what i'm gonna do yeah yeah i'm, I'm excited for matrix it's um uh i i, I remember you know it, the, the series kind of ended on a on a sour note so i'm interested to see whether because i think we've seen a lot of films that have sort of, you know, see like Terminator and uh, there was something else as well. Oh, like Halo, I guess, where, you know, they've, they've, they've returned to sit like, you know, popular series that kind of ended on a, on a kind of sour note. Um, so I'm interested to see how, you know, whether Matrix is successful uh, in kind of bringing, bringing back that kind of mystery that I think the first film had. And then it was maybe for me anyway, lost in the second and third movies where it got a bit more actiony and a bit more, um, kind of let, it didn't really have that same mystique up for, for me so I'm, I'm i'm hoping that it kind of just just is a bit more um yeah l less of the big 
jellyfish robots and mechs and things <laughs> and more of the like trippy kind of mysterious um what if kind of moments um but yeah really, right. really excited and it's really cool that you know we get to sort of see this you know film series come back yeah i'm stoked and it is weird where the first one was so revolutionary with the special effects and just kind of a really weird almost like an anime taken um into live action and it's kind of hard to replicate that like the, there is a second and third movie and they go more into the lore and like it's debatable whether they succeed or not but you almost you also can't you just can't replicate that first movie. So it's, they're always in this, this hard area where it's like, it's hard to, to, you know, be more successful in that first movie because it was new and it was something different. So, and we don't get a lot of movies that really push that, that often. Um, at least nothing comes to mind where it's like, oh shit, this is the new kind of push in cinema. That's, you know, that's revolutionary, at least with like action and, and, and effects and stuff. It's all kind of CG's dope across the board. So it just kind of all looks cool, but it's just something special about that one that, really just you know push what was possible in movies and yeah it's always has always has a special place in my in my brain yeah definitely i I think you're you're right as well the first movie is so difficult to follow and that's probably why the second and third were maybe a bit more divisive because it's similar to what I, i think i said last week about the new horizon game where i'm not that excited for the second game because the thing that made the first one so good was like the mystery around uh, the story in the world and as soon as that's gone and you you know you find that out at the end you know same in the matrix and you find out exactly what you know um the agents are and what the matrix is and everything it kind of does lose that um kind of intrigue that it had um so yeah i'm, I'm really really interested just to see how they kind of tackle it and how they're gonna you know because they probably won't be able to give that same uh feeling the first film gave us so that that's what makes it more interesting is to see how they do approach it yeah i'm excited i'm also keeping my expectations super duper low so if it's terrible i'm like okay then hey we had fun but i'm just not expecting to be like you know my eyes bleed out and i'm just at some kind of new moment (laughs) that i've new dimension that i've witnessed it's like i'm just expecting to have a good time and we'll see how it goes but um did you uh play anything this week play any video games I did actually. I um, so I finished Halo, um, which I'm Ooh, sure we'll, we'll we'll uh, chat about. Um, and the other two games I've played, which I think, are, I mean, I know one of them's definitely on PlayStation. But let me just quickly check. Is uh, I played a little bit of Aliens Fireteam Elite. I want to try that. Um, what do you think of it? Yeah, it's um, the gameplay and everything is very like basic, and it doesn't really do anything terribly special. But it has a very it's quite refreshing because it has a lot to unlock um, and there's a lot of progression, a lot of, you know, reason to replay missions and, uh, you know, level up your class. You've got lots of different classes, lots of different weapons, lots of different attachments, all that have like their own levels and uh, lots of cosmetics that you only unlock from playing the game. There's there's no microtransactions. And if there are, then they're not invasive enough for you to realize. Um, so, it's very Moorish. You you can't help but want to keep playing it because you're just constantly seeing progression, seeing yourself being rewarded with stuff, and um, and it's hard as well. I, I, the, I'm currently, I think maybe on like it has similar to missions like Left 4 Dead, where you have like ca- like a certain amount of campaigns, and then those campaigns are split into I don't know maybe five or six kind of uh, stretches. Um, and yeah, very stuck <laughs> on um, what is like a part that's like much, much harder than, than the rest of the game I've played so far. So, um, but yeah, really enjoying it. It's yeah, it's nothing, 
special at all. It's just it's just follows the right kind of formula. I think that we maybe don't see as much anymore because everything's about microtransactions and maybe not focusing too much on giving you like a solid uh, rewarding progression system. So that's kind of keeping me uh, keeping me interested. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm just a huge fan of this universe too with the uh, Aliens series. And um, it, it works very well for like adapting this into a game where you're just, you know, shooting these aliens. And I'm also a fan of there's that survival horror version of Alien where it's, uh, man, I'm forgetting the name, but you're just locked in this one space station with one alien, yeah. basically. And I love that take on it, too. But uh, this one just seems yeah. very, very action heavy. And um, I'm more a fan of like what the story reveals, but I don't know if the story is really a focus in this, if it's more just kind of rinse, repeat, go to the next realm or area and shoot all these aliens. Yeah. But did you get any of those vibes, any story stuff? Yeah, I mean, it definitely has a story. It definitely tries to tell you it. And it you can tell that it ha- that they've, I mean, they've got a lot of like, um, you know, you find a lot of intel that gives you some insight into where you are, that, you know, it tries to tell you about, uh, you know, it's got some like Wayland um, industry kind of characters that are kind of villainous and there's weird experiments going on. So they, there is definitely some story there, um, but it's just the kind of game it is. You just don't re- or I, I personally find it difficult to really care too much about it. And I, I, I do love Alien, but um, it's definitely more focused on giving you a reason to keep jumping into missions and and everything like that but yeah it's definitely there's definitely a story to it it's definitely on a path you know on a like a narrative path and hopefully you know it improves and gets better but like i said i'm not very far in and yeah very very stuck at the moment um so hopefully i'll get past that and then i'll be able to to tell you whether the stories um uh, get ramps up at all gotcha yeah did you also play because it's multiplayer based but i think you can fill the void with bots i don't know if you played with people was that um, you know anything to write home about that part? Yeah, so it's um, it's three player co op. Um, I was playing it with a friend, and then we were kind of joined by randoms. Uh, the 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 people so far haven't been the best uh, teammates because it's three players. So if you're playing like one other, then you get one one person who joins you. Uh, so I'm hoping like as it gets you know is out for longer that people you know understand how to get through these missions because i imagine as well that, that there seems to be a lot to level up and unlock so i imagine you end up repeating a lot of these missions you know maybe trying to do them in higher difficulties or trying to find the, the sort of hidden things in each of the levels so i'm hoping that the, the longer it's out the more and more people you play with know what they're doing uh, which might make life a bit easier but there is the option to have ai as well you can like, lock in your fire team um which will essentially just not wait for somebody else to join your game but uh, but to be honest it's been it's been pretty seamless the the actual uh having somebody join and and everything has been very quick it seems like it's got a decent player base at the moment um so there's been no real complaints just the fact it's quite new so it can be difficult to be paired up with somebody that um you know is actually helpful <laughs> right yeah i'm i want this to succeed because i just want more games in this universe and i think they have a cool take on it here um i would more prefer something that's just single player based but that's me i think they mm-hmm. also need a that's the reality of the the industry right now it's like you gotta you gotta make money somehow so there's the microtractions there's getting people on this and there's a live service aspect to it i get that but i'm more of a it'd be cool to see this kind of single player thing flushed out um yeah. uh, I, alien isolation i think is the name of the game i was yes. blanking on yeah 
and yeah. that one. That, that, never... That's the. Sorry, I was going to say that that's that's one thing about about fire teams is is like you said, you know, it does seem like on paper it's going to be a microtransaction kind of live service thing, which I'm sure like the live service aspect is because I think they are planning on keeping it updated. But yeah, like I said, it seems like if there are microtransactions, then they're not immediately obvious, and also you unlock so much stuff that. It, it doesn't impact the kind of fun of the game, the fun and enjoyment of the game, which I think a good, good example of that is like Borderlands 3, which introduced microtransactions, but you are also still constantly unlocking really, really cool stuff to, to keep you kind of occupied. Um, so, so yeah, so I think as I, I would prefer a single player thing as well, you know, something like a mixture of maybe Alien Isolation and, and Colonial Marines, but I think for for what this game is we we've got a pretty good foundation to that that can probably maybe maybe you know turn into something really really great gotcha that's awesome yeah i'm very this is on my radar and i think i actually have a download on my pc i just haven't tried it yet but been just yeah. a knee deep in halo but um this one looks cool and this yes. is a game pass game too so i think that's another way to get especially these games that really rely on a strong player base like that's a great way to get people in there and assuming they stick with it but um yeah mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, and then you played, you finished the Halo campaign. I finished it as well. Yes. Um, yes. I don't know how, you know, spoiler or whatever you want to get into it, but um, what'd you think? What'd you think of the gameplay, the story, how it all wrapped up? Yeah, I, I think, you know, to, to kind of mimic what we said last week, I think the gameplay is great. Um, plays super, super fun. You know, it's, it's one of those games you can just sit and play and, you know, run around the, the map and do all the sort of little objectives and just have a blast. But I think the stories maybe I, I liked the you know the very very end and I, I won't I'll try not to go into too much but it kind of feels like the beginning in a weird way it's kind of like they had to they had to have this story to just basically pave like a completely fresh foundation to then build onto and go go from there because obviously there was a lot of um things that had to be tied up and and you know loose ends to to be sorted from the previous games that I feel like this game had to address and focus on um but I did feel that because of that the the story was quite middling and the especially the end section whilst again it's the whole thing's fun to play I think the end in particular is very it just throws a huge amount at you very very fast um feels very like rushed in a way just trying to like get you through you know, all the all the villains it introduces it just gets you through them very in a very very short amount of time, um, and I wasn't too keen on the whole harb harbinger endless kind of thing either. I feel mm. like we just weren't given enough of like information on that for it to be very exciting or or like an epic kind of finale. Um, so hopefully, like I said, the the ending definitely gave me a nice feeling of right i'm excited for what's next now but what actually came in halo infinite in terms of story and and you know what happened i think was could have maybe been a bit a bit better um but yeah the the game but the thing is the gameplay is so good that it really doesn't bother me that the story was you know kind of kind of middling for me yeah i'm very very close to where you are feeling on the on the kind of how they wrapped it up at the end but um yeah otherwise loving the gameplay um i did think with the the way that kind of the last two hours or so three hours it does seem like they're just throwing everything at you and almost like it's padding to maybe they 
they had to either cut content or what have you. And they said, here's some like almost like horde mode missions where they're just like throwing tons of people at you in these different areas where it seemed like while that was still challenging and fun, I felt like maybe that was thrown in there because they had to do something. And there wasn't that uh, I was expecting to that traditional like you always have to jump off of something that's going to explode in your in your Humvee or your Warthog. Like at the end of every Halo, there's always that escape scene. I was expecting that sequence that didn't happen. But Mm -hmm. um. Yeah, a little bit of weirdness and then just trying to explain all the different who you should be worried about next. It was, I don't know if I understood enough. And I've played, you know, most of the Halo games and I still was like scratching my head trying to understand stuff. But otherwise, I think it was just a great, you know, revitalization to this franchise. Um, Mm -hmm. I still enjoyed the story, like especially the character stuff with Master Chief. He didn't feel as much like a robot this time. I think he played off the two characters very well. But what do you think about those? new characters like the weapon and then the pilot that he interacts with yeah i i think again whilst i was playing it i wasn't too not not like i i was disappointed in it but it just didn't like do anything special for me um i think again it was the very end i think that was done quite well you know when when it kind of shows you who you know this is now the main cast of halo these characters they're they're who's going to go this is who we're going to go forwards with um and so i think no matter how i felt during the game i think it's kind of a, the opposite to like the last of us 2 where the game is fantastic up until the ending which kind of sours the whole or soured mm. the whole thing for me so i think because the end's like the last thing you see it's very important that it gives you a good impression and that end cutscene rather than made me, you know, come away from the game thinking, no, that was kind of meh, like the story. I was instead like, I'm really excited to see what happens with these characters, where they go next and, you know, what happens now. Um, I just feel like it maybe had to have this kind of wishy-washy to-and-throw story to just close off what had come before, which, you know, isn't isn't easy as well. If you think how big Halo is as a series, how much people love it um, and how massively it nosedived it was never going to be pulled off perfectly um so i think there's a lot of context to to think of there but yeah i think i think the characters were you know fine there was nothing really wrong wrong with them um and then but yeah it wasn't until the end where i actually really felt like right yeah i think these guys gel quite nicely together i'm interested to see where this goes yeah <clears throat> excuse me yeah same um um, just what a fantastic time I had with this game. I think I sunk a good 20-ish hours, maybe more than that, because I could kind of sense I was getting towards the end and I wanted to still experience the open world aspect. So I was kind of um, checking off different things around the world I needed to collect and unlock and had a blast. Um, I'm also very curious with how they proceed with the next you know, mainline storyline because with Halo Infinite, 343 has said that you know this is it. This is Halo for this generation. So it's not going to be a Halo Infinite two. They're going to start to add stuff to this main to this to the same uh, you know this this uh, game that you download. And Halo Infinite stays on your console, and then you get these updates. I guess with storyline, it's going to be very weird with how they add these new components. Whether it's something you buy down the line, it's the you know continuation of the story. They're going to almost like how they treat multiplayer, where they keep adding to it. It's going to be the same kind of aspect for the campaign i imagine or they just focus on campaign going forward but they do leave stuff untold that they could continue on and does that mean we stay on this ring do they unlock other parts of the ring i don't know it's very um it's very interesting but i don't know how they're going to proceed with adding stuff story-wise to this game 
Yeah, I, I don't know either. I think it, it could be something very new that we haven't seen before. We, we've seen with like Master Chief Collection that does quite a nice job of like com- having like a compilation of like Halo 1's story, Halo 2's story, Halo 3's story, and you can install and uninstall the different parts of, of those. And maybe they, you know, that's already a tried and tested thing within, you know, that franchise that maybe they could do something like that. But if they're perhaps they are just using Halo Infinite as the hub or as the compilation of of the future story stuff, and then just one multiplayer, which I think you know would be very new, would be an interesting way of doing things. But it would also allow them to um, you know tighten up visually things and maybe add some gameplay tweaks to to possible you know, sequels or, or however they do it. Um, but yeah, it would definitely be interesting. But um, yeah, but I, I, I've definitely come away with a with a good feeling, um, which is the main thing. Um, and yeah, I'm really, really excited to see uh, what 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 comes with it as well. Yeah, and this to tie it, I guess, back to PlayStation. I'm hoping this scares PlayStation enough to for them to go, hey, we need some kind of first person shooter presence on our console. I mean, they have we talk about it over and over again. They have these great properties that they can bring back to life. It's going to take time for sure. If they're just starting now, I can't imagine that they haven't been conscious of this, but yeah, you have kill zone, you have resistance or a new property. It's like, man, bring this there where they have this kind of response because they've just focused on these third person action games, which are dope, but there's this huge uh, void there on PlayStation that I think could be filled with some kind of existing property, but um, it seems like it's not a focus and it's very strange. Yeah, I think more than ever i think resistance is just the the really obvious choice for me um because it's you know it's an established franchise people already love it and i think if they were to try and go down the same route of you know gameplay first i think that's something resistance has always been it's always been very gameplay orientated like the third game which although it has a very somber and serious tone the gameplay is very separate in that it's fun first you know you have like a weapon wheel and uh and and you have all these different really really um like intricately balanced enemies and weapons and the different weapons that do well in certain situations etc i think that resistance would just i think it's just a ripe time for for that franchise to to come back and like you said hopefully seeing the success of halo maybe they didn't think it could be done they could didn't think resistance would come back and be able to to you know bring everyone back on side with it not that resistance 3 ended in a bad way but um you know still going back to a a well-loved series must be scary so hopefully this this gives them the push they need or or maybe they just have they have been working on something and they're just being quiet about it i mean we know how much insomniac like to uh tweet about resistance and things which you know might be nothing but uh you know some it's all it's all we've got at the moment (laughs) It's tough where Insomniac now has so much on their plate with the next Spider-Man entry. They have that Wolverine game. So it's like, do they have enough time to also split further and work on this um, um, reboot or, you know, the next entry of Resistance? It's tough. And then does that mean maybe they get that give that property to somebody else internally with PlayStation? But then is it the same if it doesn't have that that uniqueness that Insomniac brings to it with the way they handle weapons and whatnot? It's weird. And then you have Killzone with Guerrilla Games. They're doing um, Horizon. It seems like it's all hands on deck there. But maybe after that kind of slows down the development with uh, Forbidden West, maybe they have the time if they haven't already split off to bring back uh, Killzone. It's 
it's interesting, but it's like a lot of these big uh, studios have stuff already in the mix and it seems like they're already super busy. So, but then if you give it to somebody else, it's not gonna be the same. So I don't know what you do. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, for me, it, it would probably have to be go to somebody else um, just because those, you know, those studios have moved on now. Um, but the, the thing is that the, they're probably completely different studios now as well, both of them, you know, both Insomniac and Gorilla probably have very different teams and different ideals and different objectives now. So I think it, it would probably maybe even do it better to give it to somebody else who can really reassess the the sort of goal with it with a new project like this um but yeah I, I just hope that i mean make more resistance more than killzone just i think killzone is good but i just don't think it has enough in like today's climate to um really pop or or, or excite as much as resistance could do i think resistance is just a far more interesting kind of and potentially exciting kind of world especially when compared to something like halo uh, it's just a lot more sci-fi than Killzone is. Killzone is, of course, sci-fi, but it's a lot more grounded and serious, and um, you know, doesn't have as many uh, big, colourful set pieces that Resistance could have. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully, we'll see. We'll see something. I just want to see more, more games. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's interesting, and I wonder if they are worrying or you know looking at the success of that and thinking maybe we need to have a presence there or not and then they just kind of make these deals with third party like they have a good deal with uh, destiny 2 they always promote stuff there you have call of duty that they have uh, their promotion connection with that so it's like maybe they just focus on these other third parties you saw death loop that came there so um, but then as, as these studios get acquired it's like you don't have that you can't count on them always being there as you would like an internal studio so I don't know, but as an FPS fan, I just want to see more presence there on PlayStation. And then mm -hmm. it just helps that competitiveness with Xbox. But right now they really own that space as they kind of have for a while now. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting to to watch. And not just from a perspective of people wondering why there is no resistance or kill zone when both those franchises are ripe for for new new games but also yeah just that first person shooter space is is just pretty empty especially when you have so many exclusive games on playstation that to to you know bolster that library yet none of them are in that genre so i'm sure whether it's resistance uh killzone or completely new ip I, i'm sure we'll see something uh at least attempt to fill that fill that void at some point yep i'm hopeful as well well, Cam, we can switch over to some of the news here. We got uh, some stuff from PS5, PS4 news. We got Gran Turismo 7 will include 420 car models and 90 tracks. And I have some gameplay footage that I have in the dock as well if you want to check it out. But they've revealed some gameplay footage as well as I switch to my B-roll at the same time. So this uh, article is from Eurogamer. A pamphlet given away at a Japanese retail store has revealed more details about the upcoming racer Gran Turismo 7, including news it will include 420 different car models and over 90 racing tracks with realistic weather and scenery. Oh boy. As spotted by GT Planet, the free booklet distributed at Yodobashi Camera reminds us that the long-awaited GT mode is back and which you can enjoy the car life and buying, selling, and tuning cars and racing. Um, a little bit more news on, on uh, Gran Turismo 7 from PlayStationLifestyle.net. In a behind-the-scenes video, Gran Turismo 7 series creator Kazunori Yamauchi detailed how Gran Turismo 7 will use the DualSense adaptive triggers when using the car brake. 
In order to recreate realistic breaking physics, the game will apply resistance to triggers as a player uses them to break. Additionally, Amachi states that GT7's Scapes photo mode will support ray tracing. Uh, some, some updates on GT7. I'm starting to get a bit more excited as we get, get closer to this game, but um, I'm also weary because I, I'm not a big fan of like the super realistic driving sim, but how do you feel about some news on the DualSense and then the ray tracing in that photo mode with GT7? Yeah, I think I think the DualSense stuff's going to be huge. Um, it's going to be a really, really, like just a completely new kind of uh, dynamic to to the game. Um, just like a completely, you know, new dimension to racing games in general. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. I mean, I, I do like Gran Turismo. I, I don't think it's been as fun um, as of late, but I think the the 420 cars sounds like they're going for less cars which maybe will be better because i know that especially grand Turismo by five had something like a thousand like over a thousand cars and it, oh. it it basically got to the point where a lot of them didn't have much detail on them and you couldn't even have like a cockpit view just because there were so many so it sounds like they're definitely going for a more focused amount of cars which is always good and yeah, I think the dual sense is going to be a massive, massive uh, thing for for this. I just hope that they kind of try and modernize the the general like user experience, like in the menus and how the championships work. And uh, you know, I say I say this all the time, but I just wish something would do what Race Driver Grid did, where you have like a real you know sense of progression as like an individual driver in your you know in the career mode or whatever whatever they call it. Um, so I think that would just go such a long way for something like Gran Turismo or just any track racer in general. Um, I think the two, the two track racers that do it best is grid and, and need for speed shift as well. Did a, did a good job of making you really feel like you're, you know, you're working towards something, uh, you know, every race you win is a step closer to, you know, the higher performance stuff. And it just has a really, really nice way of kind of displaying that to the player. And I just, uh, yeah, I'd like to see that in Gran Turismo as my main thing. Um, but yeah, I think the dual sense uh, is going to go a, a long way. Yeah, that's what's exciting for me as well. Just, you know, getting my hands on those features with the the realistic feedback and you have the triggers uh, adapting to braking and whatnot. Like that's a really cool, um, unique thing that I think was missing. That kind of presence was missing on... Uh, Forza Horizon 5, where they just don't have that tech. And so you don't have that feedback. And it just could be a, another cool aspect of immersion. And, and this will have it. Um, I think the trade-off is it's not going to have that same, obviously, the same open world, maybe arcadiness. And that's where I think I, I have that disconnect where I don't know if I'm going to have fun with this. But it looks very pretty. I also want to see this in action. I want to see Digital Foundry do their super nerdy breakdown of everything on it. And um, I can't wait to see what people think of it, too. And all the different conversations that we'll see unfold, whether how this compares to Forza, even though they're not the same thing, really. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see what people think of this. But this is coming soon, uh, 2022, March 4th. It's coming to PS4 and PS5. So it is coming yeah, down it's the line. Yeah, it's soon, actually. It's, uh, it's right? uh, sneaking up, isn't it? Yeah, really early 2022. So you have February is when Horizon Forbidden West launches. Then you have March with... Uh, GT7, and then at some point, God of War is in the mix. I think they just have the 2022 date applied to it. But um, so yeah. it's starting to stack up now for a PS5 uh, coming into the next year. Yeah, I didn't even realize Horizon was was February. To be honest, I think just as soon as I think of a 2022 game, I just don't even like put into you know perspective where that is. Right. Like from from now. So yeah, now it's definitely starting to to come to fruition when these games are coming. I'll definitely need to um, 
do some sort of recap for Horizon because I, I just re- I mean I played that when it first came out and haven't played it since so I just remember absolutely nothing. Um, well, there's robot dinosaurs yeah. and that's about all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, Calm. We got the next one here. We got some cool stuff for the PS5. Sony is finally releasing official PS5 covers. So coming 2022 for the right now we just have the US pricing, $55. That can maybe be what 45 or 60 dollars around in the UK. But um, they're releasing in 2022, and they also announced uh, three new color DualSense controllers coming out in January 2022. But um, how do you feel about them finally releasing their official branded covers? There was that drama with dbrand and other third-party stuff where they were shutting them down legally, and now they have their own covers. And what do you think about that price? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think the price is. I think it was always going to be slightly more than you might expect just because it's going to be like official um, from Sony or whatever. But yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be interesting uh, to my knowledge. I, I can't think of any console that allows you to swap out its look so easily. Um, so it kind of means that eventually the PS5 probably isn't going to have like a a default look to it, um, which is going to be interesting. But they're very, uh, yeah, they're very out there colors, aren't they? They're very, um, yeah. yeah, very, very, uh, strange choices but yeah it's cool it's 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 you know it's, it, i'm sure a lot of people will be pleased for this i don't know whether i'll um whether i'm too bothered to to swap out um but but yeah i'm sure lots and lots of people will be will be happy about this yeah i think the price point is a little steep but i guess yeah it's you you get that when it's a sony branded thing you can you've been able to buy this stuff online so especially like ebay and other outlets they sell this these kind of things these these shells i bought the black cover for my PS5 maybe like six months ago, and it was, what, 30 bucks on eBay? Um, so it's mm-hmm. possible you can buy different colors already. Um, I've bought a uh, a replacement shell for my DualSense that I uh, did a couple months ago that was like a see-through purple. So it's like you that stuff already exists. You can do it, but this is branded from Sony. And, um, yeah, they're very bright colors, so I think they're – it's uh, the colors aren't, you know, just um, – they're not just bland. It's like you're making a choice to be super vibrant and – do that and it's cool they look cool um and they're not hard to replace like the actual fins those things that pop out super easy so good on you if you want to get something like that but um the controllers look i'm such a weirdo where i do like really bright just flamboyant stuff so it's like if i can get the pink controller with the blue i'm going for it but um they are steep too like they're still like 70 80 bucks for controllers i'm like ah i'll just stick with my my one controller that works fine yeah, I got a uh, black controller fairly recently, um, and uh, yeah, they are they are they are a little bit steep. But I think what are they like ten? I mean, I think in the UK they're like ten pounds more than an Xbox controller. And now sure. I've got an Xbox. I feel I think uh, that kind of makes the DualSense better price because I think the Xbox controller is like incredibly cheap feeling, um, especially like the buttons. Uh, they're very loud and. Uh, just very plasticky so i think mm-hmm. that um yeah i think for the price difference between the two you know controllers out there i think it's probably not not too bad um but yeah i mean for anybody spending that much money on something that is essentially not needed if you you know already have a working one or you know you don't need one because you don't play like two player games or anything right. then then yeah it's pretty it's pretty expensive yeah, and i do like to collect stuff and just waste money so i'm definitely going to buy <clears throat> one of these i think yeah. at some point yeah, no, I, I, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got the next one here. We're talking about 
Uh, Forza, we got some a little bit of news on that. Gorilla shares PS4 screenshots of Horizon Forbidden West. It's from pushcore.com. The Last of Us Part 2 is proof that the PS4 is still capable of putting out some fantastic looking titles. And it appears Horizon, uh, Horizon Forbidden West will be up there too. Developer Gorilla Games has shared four screenshots of the PS4 version and it looks great. So I sent you those same screenshots and I, I do want to see some actual gameplay of uh, mm. of uh, Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West on the PS4. But so far from the screenshots, it looks, you know, amazing. It does, yeah. It, it looks great. And I mean, yeah, we'll, it'll be much better to see it in motion and see how uh, things kind of stand, uh, you know, when everything's moving. Because you never know, it could be photo mode. It could be they're running a certain setting where it's like yep. five fps right. <laughs> um but yeah it looks it looks lovely um and yeah if it, if it looks even a little bit like this on ps4 i think people will be pleased i think even if it looked like like a reskin of the first game i think that would be fine as well i think the first game still looks great um but yeah it's impressive it's always impressive to see how they can squeeze like so much juice out of these these machines especially considering how aged the tech is now and um and you know how good good these games continue to look yeah they might have a benefit of launching the original horizon on ps4 and just having that same you know engine i mean it is the same engine but like having that same spec that they're shooting for and then just unlocking it on ps5 so as long as it runs there there's nothing i imagine crazy revolutionary that's on the ps5 version maybe it's faster loading in addition to the higher resolution what's going on but yeah they have a benefit of it making it work the original on ps4 just doing that again and then unlocking the potential on PS5. And they've added these various features like with the PS4 Pro, there was that fidelity mode. I, th- I don't know if they, they met 60 frames, but there was different modes there. So they've already played around with with unlocking or upgrading that that potential. So, you know, I imagine with PS5, it's not easy, but like they are well equipped to do that. So I imagine they're going to nail it on PS4. It's just, I want to play this on PS5. I want to see uh, the absolute everything unlocked and what it can do. So, and I can't wait. So just like three two or three months right march february that's not very far from now yeah yeah cannot wait but we got some news on that a uh, little tidbit as well connected to um sort of to um uh to for a horizon forbidden west or just pc ports for playstation but we got nix's software is already helping with recent horizon zero dawn pc patches playstation lifestyle.net had the article just months after being acquired by sony nix's software is already helping deliver patches for the pc version of horizon zero dawn Developer Guerrilla Games revealed that the Nixes that Nixes helped with recent release of the version 1.11.1 patch for Horizon Zero Dawn on PC, which included bug fixes. Uh, it looks like Sony's investment is already paying off. So, yeah, some news that they're already hard at work, you know, actually working on the porting and just like bug fixes for these PC games. So that's cool to see. Hmm. Yep. So let's move along. Here we got PS4 hack exploit allegedly opens hardware to homebrew. This is from PushSquare.com. A new PlayStation 4 hack has allegedly unlocked the console for homebrew and could potentially compromise the PS5 as well. A trio of coders released the hack, which works on PS4 firmware update uh, version 9.0. It's important to note that as of the 1st of December, the latest firmware is version 9.03. So this leveraging a slightly older version of Sony system software. A widely shared Twitter video from SpectreDev appears to show custom firmware running on the console. It's not the first time that the PS4 has been hacked, of course, but typically coders are forced to work with much older system software it's likely that a game of cat and mouse between Sony and hackers will now ensue as it works to unplug or plug the holes, especially if some people are reporting a similar exploit can be used on the PS5 as well. Cam, how do you feel about hackers 
hacking away as they do, trying to unlock the PS4 and possibly the PS5 again. Yeah, I think it's going to be just one of those things that happens just all the time. It's, you know, a hobby for these people and um, there's some pretty cool stuff that normally comes out of it. So I'm sure uh, the the backend team at Sony will have their, their work out for them. But, you know, because it is such a common thing, I imagine they have like whole teams dedicated to this exact uh, kind of defense. So, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always interesting to see people compromising these systems and as the ps4 kind of fades further and further into you know last gen i'm sure that more and more of this will will start happening yeah i when i first read this uh headline i thought my brain starts thinking okay well it's a ps4 they've sold you know x million of copies it's like yeah just let let these hackers have their fun like who cares but as they say further on they can unlock potential to then use these tools on ps5 it's like okay i can see why you want to lock this down but at a certain point, we've sold already so many PS4s. Everyone has one. Just let them have their fun. As long as you can, maybe you make a handshake with them and say, okay, leave the PS5 alone for the next eight <laughs> years. You can have the PS4 and then everyone's happy. Yeah. I mean, they they, they were still kind of patching the Vita um, from from hackers. So I doubt they'll, no. they'll let, this one, this, let this one slide. But uh yeah i i kind of feel the same way i think it it can be really cool to it can also extend the life of of something i mean if the if if they'd allowed the vita to just you know be open open source to to everybody to 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 get into then it could really prolong the life of that but um you've also got to think that if they're really finding ways to get into the back end that whilst you know the playstation network is still live on those machines and Mm you got to wonder whether this means access to, to the back end of like, people's accounts and things like that. So, so I guess they've got to be careful of, of things being linked with the network still. <clears throat> but, you know, with the PS3 and, and the Vita, uh, we've, you know, we've, they've had talks of shutting down the store and basically removing all kind of network functionality, then maybe that's the kind of cutoff point. So, right. Maybe in like ten years' time, when it happens to the PS4, then then they they'll be allowed to to have free free reign on it. Cool, yeah, I'm sure they're super excited for that. But yeah, <laughs> that's going down as it always does. Uh, we got the next one here is some rumors about the order. Sony's renewal of the order 1886 trademark probably means nothing, but fans are excited anyway. It's from PlayStationLifestyle.net. Sony Interactive Entertainment has refiled a trademark application for Ready at Dawn's The Order 1886. Feeling all kinds of speculations online, but it probably doesn't mean anything. First spotted by Gumatsu, the fresh application was filed on December 9th, but as pointed out by Twitter user Jake A. Game in the replies, the original trademark expired on the 3rd of December, so we're assuming Sony is simply hanging on to the title a little bit longer. Um, Callum, do you think we could see any 1886 stuff, and um, do you want to see any more 1886 stuff? Yeah, I think it's a weird it's a weird one because it had such a unique and really cool setting, um, but it just wasn't. It was more like a tech demo, like the whole way through, uh, more than anything. So, I think it's definitely some, you know, one of those games that would probably do really well with a sequel because you'd imagine that they would have learned from the mistakes they made with the first game, and then they've still got this really really cool setting that I think was executed quite well in that regard, you know, the setting and the, the characters and everything. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity for for a sequel, but hope so. Yeah. I, I think, I think it'd be, be nice to see, see another, another game in this, in this world, but 
you know, who knows? It's it's probably uh, nothing to to think about. And also, there's plenty of third person, you know, story, action, adventure games on on PlayStation. So maybe it's not. Maybe it just wouldn't do as well as maybe a game in a different genre or a completely you know different kind of vibe would do. Yeah, it's um, it's most likely as these companies do, they just you know re reenact or refile these trademarks just to keep people from once it lapses going, okay, cool, I'm going to make the order 1886 part two, and it's something completely different, and they don't no longer have a hold on that title, even if they have no interest in continuing it. But um, it is, you touch on the the same thoughts where it's like they had a really cool concept and it was just debatable how they executed on it when it comes to gameplay, but it's still visually one of the best looking PS4 games. Like I'm looking at some footage right now. It's nuts. And it's like, uh, you know, Naughty Dog caliber for the PS4. It's just the gameplay didn't match that that same uh, visual style. So if they could have learned from those lessons and, and do a sequel, it could have been very, very cool. And now this is ready at dawn. So they, I think they were eventually acquired by Oculus. So they've made some VR games and now they're, uh, as, if I remember correctly, they're there now. So it's not like they'd be taking it over, but what they created was was really visually stunning. It's just wasn't fun, apparently. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's the problem. It was technically, you know, great, but I think that maybe like enveloped the, the whole sort of vision for it because it, yeah, they just didn't give enough attention to the game itself. I mean, it was constantly like interrupted by, no beautiful looking cutscenes, but yeah, it was just very stop start, very short, and just yeah, very generic in terms of the the way the you know the cover shooting played out. But everything else was just so cool, and I think I think everybody was sort of in agreement that it's just such a great setting, such a great idea for a setting, and uh, we just don't get many alternate history things like this uh, at all in the in the games sort of. Uh, sector so um, it's a shame because it was something new in terms of its uh, setting but yeah we, we I wouldn't I'd be surprised if we saw something else uh, come from it because you know the first game was you know rightfully received quite poorly so it probably would be up against it straight away uh, from the off so it'd be a, it'd be a tough a tough one Although really, as I think about it, it'd be crazy for Sony to, to be like, okay, yeah, we're going to make 1886 too. Meanwhile, they told Sony Ben to not work on Days Gone 2, with it, which is a hugely, that was a, a successful game and a, you know, a great new property that they created. And they told them to just, you know, take it easy, work on something else. So it'd be nuts for yeah. them to go, okay, cool. We're going to make this instead. Yeah. Uh, that'd be wild. But um, that yeah. should probably put it to bed when you think about it in that way. Yeah, and then but then maybe in like five or six years' time we'll get a Days Gone too. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, as I'm watching footage, man, this game looks pretty nuts, and I never gave it a good enough shot. Like I played maybe the first hour or so and just kind of cut off. But there's some kind of heavy action points of this game. I imagine the the issue is it's not all like this. Yeah, I, th- I think from what I can remember, again, it's been a long time since I played it. I think it was just the most cookie cutter basic third person shooter action that you can you can think of it just but it looked incredible um like visually stunning you know the characters are really cool well acted and really really cool setting but yeah it was just very generic very almost uh um what's the name of the studio quantic dream-esque in the way that it's not really something that you you're playing very often it's just I mostly cutscenes, mostly 
if it's not a cutscene, it's just an area where you're moving the left analog stick whilst you know things are happening around you. Um, and then when it did get into the action set pieces, whilst they looked great, it was when you're actually sitting there playing it, you're kind of just going through the motions. Um, so yeah, so you know, hopefully, if we do, if we do see something, I think that'd be really cool because, like I said, I think it's a very, it's a very unique property, but uh, I think it's probably unlikely that we will. Gotcha. Well, let's move on to another rumor we got. This is uh, Lucid Games is working on an unannounced first-party flagship AAA IP for PS5, strengthening Twisted Metal Rumors. This is from PlayStationLifestyle.net. Destruction All-Stars developer Lucid Games is working on an unannounced first-party flagship AAA IP for the PS5. The existence of the game was revealed through a developer's LinkedIn profile that was found by Twitter user Timur2022 or 222. The discovery is currently fueling rumors that the developer is working on a Twisted Metal, Metal revival. The unannounced first-party flagship AAA IP, too many letters in that, would fit in nicely with the rumors that have suggested the developer is reviving the Twisted Metal franchise. There hasn't been a game in the franchise since the release of Twisted Metal on PS3 in 2012. Uh, Calum, how do you feel about this, and do you want to see some more Twisted Metal? Uh, it's not really a game series I I played, so I'm not I'm kind of indifferent about um, whether or not you know to be excited about about getting it, but. Um, Destruction All Stars. That was the PS5 PlayStation Plus game. Yes, well, I'm just double checking. That, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think. It, I mean, I think on paper it makes sense that they would be making it because I think that game came out very much felt like a kind of experiment. Um, you know, it was free on PlayStation Plus to everybody. Experimented with a lot of things like the haptic feedback and um, and uh, the very they had like very detailed characters and things like that so i think it would make sense that they, they sort of put that out to see how people reacted to it and to kind of maybe get some like foundations as well um in in behind the scenes but i from what i remember i don't think destruction or stars was very well received at all so it surprised me if they, well i mean i know that they obviously are working on a flagship triple a ip but yeah i kind of would be interested to know how you know what, what went, what what the whole kind of objective was with Destruction All Stars, and because it obviously did what it set out to do. If they're working on on this game, but yeah, from what I remember, that game did not um, please very many people. I mean, I played it a little bit, and it was cool. It looked great, and it definitely had a, a cool kind of uh, personality. But um, yeah, I I personally wouldn't be like massively excited for for. The, the next game they would do they were doing if it was to be similar to that game so um but you know it, it could be completely wrong and that could have just been something for them to 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 you know get something out and get people talking about or get get people's sort of uh feedback on that game to see how they could then incorporate that into a much bigger project but yeah it'll be interesting i noticed about it's got loads of loads of fans and there's a series coming out or something so um i'm sure that'll probably be you know talk of the town when when that does come to fruition yeah there is that uh twisted metal um is it a netflix show or some other kind of property they're working on that I too so um yeah that's you bring up some good points where and i wonder how often that happens in game dev where they make a deal to make some game, but also they understand that if this works or this is kind of a test run to see the next big thing after that, I wonder how often that happens, but this would be a good example if that's what's going on where they have proven 
And whether it's fun or not, you know, it's debatable, but they've proven that they can build the bones, the framework of what would be eventually a Twisted Metal with that Destruction All-Stars. And it seemed like they nailed everything. It just wasn't anything that latched on to me personally. Like it, it, it was fun, just not fun enough for me to keep playing it. But maybe you throw in the actual property of Twisted Metal, become something different. So I do, if this is um, valid, if this is true, I think they could make something cool with it. And I think a lot of the heavy lifting would be the fact that it's Twisted Metal as a tagline uh, to get people interested. But um, yeah, it's super interesting. I think they could make something cool. I just also don't really care about Twisted Metal. So I think it'd be the same situation. I'll play it for a bit and then not touch it again if they end up making this. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I'd love to be, you know, surprised by, by it. But I think, yeah, just those two things. I wasn't a fan of Destruction All Stars and and I've just never played Twisted Metal. So I don't really have much to to say about 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 that as a series. But but yeah, like you said, there was definitely some cool things about Destruction All Stars. Uh, I mean, it looked great. It played well and uh, the haptic feedbacks, feedback was good. So maybe they, you know, they, they just wanted to get some and you know putting it on playstation plus means that a lot of people must have played it so right. it might have just been a way of them getting feedback to know what works what doesn't before they you know start pumping lots of resource into such a you know big project so it'd be interesting to see um i mean it's always interesting to see how a studio follows up something that was maybe received like kind of mixed reception so um yeah it'll definitely if if the, you know the rumors are true then yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah, that's the thing. And Ramsey, we were just talking about Ready at Dawn with 1886, when they kind of have, they're on the right path, but really the second one they can learn from them is those mistakes with the sequel, that's where they could you know, possibly shine more. So it'd be cool to see mm-hmm. if they can you know, um, work on whatever issues that people had with Destruction All-Stars, implement that into Twisted Metal. Uh, it could be dope. Like look at uh, Naughty Dog with the first Uncharted. It's very cool, but really the one that shines is two and three, especially two. They learn from mm-hmm. whatever they're trying to achieve, but they need that that chance to keep iterating and, and then to um, to work on it. So it's a matter of will these bigger um, you know publishers, uh, um, companies give them the time to actually greenlight you know a project and, and work on it again, learn from those mistakes. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know how long it'll be before we see anything from this if it's true in the first place, but that is what's going around. Yeah. Cool. So we got the, some other remake stuff. This one's actually confirmed. Uh, Ubisoft announces Splinter Cell remake from IGN. Announced on Ubisoft's website, the remake will be developed by lead studio Ubisoft Toronto, the developers of Splinter Cell Blacklist. It will be built from the ground up using the Snowdrop engine, which is the tech being used for the Division series. In an interview posted to the Ubisoft website, producer Matt West said, I think it's kind of has to be a remake as opposed to a remaster. Although we're still in the very earliest stages of development, what we're trying to do is make sure the spirit of the early games remains intact and all of the ways that gave early Spinner Cell its identity. Ubisoft also confirmed the game will not be open world as recent rumors were suggesting. Um, Calvin, or Callum, are you a big Ubisoft Splinter Cell remake fan? Um, or as far as the Splinter Cell series in general, do you want to see another one? Do you have faith in Ubisoft taking this again and making something cool? Yeah, I, I think Splinter Cell is fun. Um, I'm not like a massive fan uh, of it uh you know I, I don't dislike it i'm just i just know that some people are like huge huge Splinter cell fans um but yeah i think it's it's cool because this is like one of those games that's just constantly uh asked for so it's cool that people are getting what they want i just find it very difficult to get excited for anything ubisoft 
these days. I think they find they they make it very difficult from like a public facing um, perspective to like them or to root for them. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of bittersweet, but. Yeah, I th- there's going to be a lot, a lot of happy people um, out there who are really going to keep an eye on this. And I was quite surprised actually because I, I saw the the announcement, but it didn't quite blow up as much as I thought it would. Because um, I know, again, it's always something I see people asking for. I thought this would have been like everywhere, and it might have just been me not, you know, following the the, the right places. But yeah, I, I I didn't see as much conversation about this as maybe I assumed there would be. Yeah, you're right. Where I think they announced it in a weird way, where it was it was more it was less, hey, we're making the new Splinter Cell, and more of that they're looking for um, people to hire to work on the project. So it was kind of more of that uh, coupled into the announcement. But you could have easily, we just had Game Awards, um, put up you know uh, a teaser just showing the three lights from Sam Fisher, you know, coming out of the dark, just a little teaser, just giving people that announcement that they want this reveal that yeah we're going back we're making splinter cell they could have easily done that and then drum up that support and then yeah follow up the next couple of days saying well we haven't started working on it we need people to actually work here and make it which is fine but um yeah i think they maybe dropped the ball maybe people don't even realize there's a splinter cell remake just the way that they're reading this i think could have been handled better where you actually get that cool shock moment of some kind of little teaser thing but um that's yeah, a bummer that they didn't get that but um yeah I'm a, I'm a fan of this original splinter cells i do want to see this this uh franchise come back i have the same issues with ubisoft that you were talking about too whether this game is going to be what we want or just you know sam fisher fighting off nfts or whatever or saying nfts are great at the end of the day i don't know but um it's weird because man ubisoft has fallen and been this just like just this meme that gets it thrown around in the industry so hoping they can make it work, but also don't have any. It's the same kind of expectations I have with uh, Matrix, um, the next one. It's like, I'm expecting a shit show, but maybe it's cool. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we... I, I was about to say we have no reason to to think otherwise, but I think maybe we do. We do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I think the main thing is that this is something people have been asking for for a long time. I think it's just um, kind of bad timing with Ubisoft making poor decision after poor decision uh you know in lots of different ways that this kind of hampers the excitement and maybe that's why we're not seeing as much excitement as maybe we've seen in the past few years before it was even announced so um but yeah it'll be interesting to see how it shapes up and whether you know things like michael ironside returning will, 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 will happen and and yeah how the how the game shapes up yep i think we have a good three years before we see anything from this so it's going to be a while we got the next one here, Callum, uh, to end off the show. We got not everyone had the fortitude to finish Returnal on PS5. is from PushSquare.com. Recent data published by HowLongToBeat.com reveals the most retired games of 2021. Retired meaning players dropping out of a game before completion. This data only reflects the active community of that particular website, but largely corroborated by trophy data shows just 10% of players managed to see off Act 3 of Returnal. Games like uh, 12 Minutes, The Ascent, Outriders, and The Medium were retired by more players in Returnal, and it's interesting how the list is largely dominated by releases that launched on Xbox's Game Pass subscription. Uh, Callum, how do you feel about most people not finishing Returnal and this top 10 list of other games that people didn't finish, a lot of them being Game Pass games? Yeah, I I think Returnal's the the standout here because... um... I don't know about 12 minutes actually, but I'm fairly sure Returnal and Biomutant are the only two there that aren't on a, that weren't like given as part of a subscription because Oddworld obviously was PlayStation Plus on release and the rest of them are 
as far as I know, Xbox Game Pass. So they make sense to not, you know, to have lots of people drop out of them because most people are going to download them if they're free and lots of people will download them just to try out. And then either they'll just be like, it's not my cup of tea or because they've got this subscription, they've got like hundreds of other games to play, which I think we can all uh, sympathize with. Um, so yeah, I think Returnal being there is probably the one the one that is actually evidence of people not wanting to to finish it, um, which I think the type of game it is. Um, I think if this was, uh, maybe if we were to look at 2020, maybe you'd see Hades on there as well, just because of the kind of game again that it is, or when like a, uh, a From Software game comes out as well. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to see on there, but it's definitely the only game on there I'd imagine that is because of, the game itself rather than the situation around actually getting the game or starting to play it. Yeah, I think you're right. Where there's other other games and you're just jumping in to try them because of part of that service. And I definitely did that. I think most of my games are retired games where I don't finish them at all. Yeah. But especially Returnal. Although the interesting side of Returnal is even though a lot of people didn't finish it or get to that endpoint, um, they're still spending a ton of time trying to get there. So I think you'd see the opposite end. If you see the graph of just hours played with that game, it's got to be nuts because, you know, we definitely tried and had fun in the process. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's just a tagline where people are throwing around where it's like nobody finishes game or 10% of people finish this game. And it's, it's yeah. a tough one, but it's also built that way that you're supposed to keep replaying it. So it's a matter of did people latch on and keep seeing, you know, to see it through or did they just give up? And I was in that boat for sure. Yeah, and so was I, and I think you know it's it's it, it makes sense that it's going to show up in there, and I think it it would be easy to see that as a bad thing. But then when you look at the general reception that Returnal received, the awards it's won, it's by no means a bad game. Um, it's just you know difficult. It has a a high you know barrier of 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 entry for completing it, and I think even though I, I didn't finish it and you didn't finish it, I still. Th- feel like we probably both feel like we got enough out of the game um but yeah it's it's definitely interesting especially when it is the only game uh including biomutant that weren't on a subscription service so that is going to get more focus than the others but i think it makes sense i think if you you know look at it logically it, it it's probably not a bad thing it's more just the kind of game it is and like i said it, it'd be interesting to see the other years where Games of similar stature have come out where, you know, games like Sekiro uh, or, um, yeah, Hades or, you know, other other games of, of that ilk where people probably, you know, we've all done it where we've thought, do you know what, I'm going to download this really hard game. I'm going to play it a lot and get really good at it. And then, you know, we get to a certain point where we're just like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I, yeah, I think it makes sense. But yeah, I can see why it's being singled out. Yeah, it's like telling yourself you're going to go go to the gym and eat better. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. start my life fresh. It's like, no, we don't. I'm just going to you know, play Fortnite forever. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. But um, yeah, interesting. And I wonder how Elden Ring is going to shape next year where I think it's also going to be a punishing game. I imagine it's going to attract that same audience that loves that so that it's going to have a higher completion rate, but still same boat where it's going to be punishingly hard. A lot of people might drop off. Cause it looks, you know, visually stunning. So they're going to jump in just like me. I get wrapped up in that as well. And I realize, oh no, mm-hmm. I cannot complete this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think also as more and more of these games come out, I think Returnal was maybe 
especially it being you know PS5 exclusive in a time when there wasn't very many of them. Lots of people probably got this game who yep. wouldn't normally play these super hard games. So maybe something like Elden Ring now that people kind of have come to know what to expect, they probably would be like, oh, you know, I've tried some of these other games and they weren't for me. I didn't end up finishing them, so I'll sit this one out. But I think with Returnal, it was, you know, kind of one of a kind at the time. And um, there wasn't really too much reason to expect it to be that as punishing as it was. Um, whereas I think Elden Ring, because of all these games before it, the people kind of know what to expect now and will probably, you know, tamper their their uh, their, their thoughts on buying it. Right. Yeah. Now I've I've learned my lesson for sure. Although Elden Ring looks cool, so maybe it'll work this time. Um, actually, Lilu wanted to pop up and say hi. Um, she beat uh, Returnal <laughs> somehow, so that was interesting. I actually have a I have a nephew, the same one I took to go see. Spider-Man, he has uh, this crazy, but he's like, what, eight, nine? He's pretty nuts at these games. Like, he'll beat, uh, he beat Cuphead. Um, he's worked through some of the older Bioshocks. Um, it's crazy how good he is. He's way better at games than me, and he's already just started. But, yeah, so I'll ask yeah. him for help on a lot of stuff. Well, it's like if you if you go back and play games that you used to play when you were a kid that you would, like, you know, play with ease when you try and like, think back at it. You play them now and you're just like, how on earth did I do right. this? Um, and and I guess it's just your like the att- your attention span, you have less things to distract you, and also more time, obviously. But yeah, same with my my brother who's now like eleven. He uh yeah, he just if if he's really into it, I think the, the problem with him is like he likes playing the games he likes. And I think that was the same when I was a kid. Like, you know, you don't have that like fear of missing out when you're a kid, you just kind of play the games you like and, right. and that's it. But I think that means that the games you do like, you get really, really good at them because you just uh, you just play them constantly. You get to know how it works and everything. So, whereas you know when you get older, you try and broaden your your horizons a bit. You know, not all of us, of course, but you know the majority of people who are really into games. I think will try and play lots of different things. So you kind of don't have enough time to get as good at them uh, as maybe maybe you want to. Uh, in fact, I started playing. Um, shadow of war uh recently mm. um which I, I played when it first came out and obviously it's, it's not an old game by any stretch but it's definitely aged uh it's mostly this control scheme and i've been like getting my ass kicked on it so much and i don't remember it being that difficult so even yeah. like what is that like four five years ago maybe even now like i've already like my muscle memory's changed uh because of like all the different games i've played since then so yeah, and yeah, that's a big reason why I don't play multiplayer much anymore because kids are just they're just unstoppable right. with the amount of time they they spend they spend on it. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, they have time and also they don't pay rent. They don't have to worry about the world ending like we all do. So it's like they just full yeah. force. I'd love <laughs> yeah, to be back off, to that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it'd be it'd be very nice. I'm worrying about my credit score and my back hurts now, and it's like a whole thing. So, yeah, it's great. It's great to be alive, Calm. <laughs> all right can we get in there for the week where can they find you online uh i am on twitter at bear monroe where i'll probably be posting lots of uh celebratory things about about celtic nice <laughs> and you keep up the show as well on twitter at plastic Art pod that's it for us this week we'll see you next week bye-bye see you later you're too late i've already summoned media okay let's go